Do you aspire to be a fire officer? Are you a veteran who wants to stay relevant? Or are you currently working in the emergency management industry? Join your host, John Alston, as he blazes through current industry trends, events, and tips for management and officer development. Learn from industry leaders and discover how to network with peers and emergency management leaders. Welcome to the Fire Officer Trust Podcast. This is John Alston for the Fire Officer Trust Podcast. Uh, we're doing a remote segment uh, this week. We're actually down in Fairfax County in the city of Vienna for the International Association of Women in Fire and Emergency Services Conference 2018. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Larry and David Conley, who have a program that I discovered that was out there uh, at one of our conferences and brought uh, uh, Larry down to the EDI program uh, with GLUE. Uh, he and his brother David have partnered and they present a phenomenal workshop on the development of leaders. And so I've been fortunate to grab a hold of them and I just want them to introduce themselves and uh, talk about the program that they have. And gentlemen, it's a pleasure meeting you today. Thanks, Chief. I'm Larry Conley. I'm a fire captain in the city of St. Louis, Missouri. I'm David Conley, and um, Larry and I are brothers. I'm an actor and a filmmaker in uh, the Atlanta area, but I also develop educational programs uh, like the program we developed together. So tell us about the workshop that you presented uh, this week, and uh, tell us what it actually does and some of the takeaways that you have. Okay, well... We were honored to be chosen to present here at the iWomen Conference. The uh, <clears throat> I presented there before, but did a uh, fire behavior uh, class out when they were in Sacramento. So this time we were able to do the leadership class, and um, it was well received. Um, a lot of a lot of positive feedback, a lot of great interaction. And what we wanted to do is present our leadership program here because. Uh, and David and I talked about this a little bit before when we were kind of planning to come here. We didn't want to make it, uh, you know, germane toward we're going to have a woman's leadership talk because I think leadership transcends, not think, but I know leadership transcends, you know, gender, color, whatever. If you deal in the principles of leadership, then it doesn't matter what the gender or the color is. It matters that you practice this principle. So our program is based on principle. So we feel like it's a timeless program. So when it's timeless like that, no matter who you present it to, there could be great takeaways to add to your leadership toolbox. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that the ladies here at the I Women Conference who attended and a few guys who were in the class, that they had some uh, some takeaways that they can put in that leadership toolbox and no matter what um, level they were, what rank, and go back and really um, affect and infect their department with our own brand of personal leadership. And David, you're an actor. Correct. And a screenwriter. Correct. So how does an actor and screenwriter fall into or make their way into the emergency management leadership piece? Tell me what you bring to the table. 
Well, um, a lot of the things that we teach in the course, like Larry was saying, are, uh, are principally centered. And so just like it transcends, uh, you know, gender and color, etc., a lot of these principles also uh, transcend vocation. Uh, so what I what I bring and like to think I bring to the um, class, in addition to superior looks to Larry, uh, <laughs> uh, is I like to really kind of focus on the illustrations of some of the learning points. So like when we're talking about um, interpersonal communications and how to be better uh, at listening and at you know communicating with with other people on your team. Sometimes uh, you can say something to people and they understand it academically, but they really understand it and, and really get it down into their DNA when they're able to actually exercise it some kind of way and see it on its feet. So one of the things that you know um, I have a lot of experience with is creating uh, scenarios or games, uh, interactive exercises that bring the participant into uh, the point, the learning point. And so they're able to, you know, not only understand it from a uh, mental academic standpoint, but they're able to like almost physically tour it, you know, tour that point. And so they leave a lot more uh, energized, a lot more charged. Um, they take away uh, the fact that they can use this right now. And it's not something that that they have to go and maybe um, do something else or jump through some other hoops to kind of acquire. They really feel like. Well, you know what? I can apply this not only to my job, but to my life, you know. And so it's uh, I think that's one of the things that makes our class different and unique. Uh, and it's it's one of the things that, you know, I bring I bring to the table. So in, in terms of developing the class, uh, have you had to make uh, different tweaks or, uh, as you said, with leadership, it transcends gender, race, age. But have you found in different audiences, maybe different scenarios and or games that you found maybe worked better or, or were more effective or were more palatable or acceptable than others? Uh, and how long have you been doing this? That's the other thing. Well, the whole thing, I had the Jerry Maguire moment, I guess, about eight, nine years ago where <clears throat> I work in my department outside of just... Uh, working at the firehouse, also do the recruit class, and I've been doing those kind of off and on for the past 19 years. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So as I was doing the recruit class, the motivation came from um, doing these recruit classes, and we were highly focused on um, teaching them, you know, everything the recruit needs to know in the firefighter one and two setting. Uh, you know, throwing ladders, uh, hose rolls, and and hose deployment and, and different things like that. But there kept seeming to be in a gap in them being the best firefighter they could be because a lot of times when they got to the firehouses, they were still not the best people they could be. They would do they would do technically everything they were supposed to do, but as team members, they, they, they needed a lot of work. Maybe as serving the public, they could have been a whole lot better, a lot less judgmental, more... Um, and more empathetic and you know listen better and and serve better instead of just uh, being ready to go when there is a fire and then we get a kick out of using these tools to extinguish the fire destroy somebody's house and and not really connect with 
you know, who you're dealing with. Uh, it's just like, for instance, in my particular demographic, in the uh, in in my neighborhood that my firehouse is in, um, there are a lot of people who stay in these old older homes, whether they're older people who've been there a long time, or whether are people who maybe inherit the house from their relatives, but they can't afford to keep everything up. And a lot of times, one of the things they can't afford to keep up is the insurance. So you go in their house, maybe there is a a fire that's just in that bedroom. Well, if you successfully put the fire out in that bedroom and then you ventilate that bedroom through taking out the windows or, or things like that, if you're sensitive to that demographic, what you can do is just leave that fire in the bedroom and maybe close that bedroom out. And then they can, unfortunately, still stay in their house because they can't they don't have the insurance to maybe stay in a hotel until their house is ready. However, if you're not sensitive to the demographic, then what you might go in and do, because this is not your house, and it doesn't look like maybe the neighborhood you stay in, then you go out and bust out all the windows, and you overkill on destroying the house, and overkill on trying to do overhaul, and when you do the overkill, then they really have no place to stay. So when you're sensitive to it, <clears throat> these are the kind of things. So yes, we did a good job in taking out the windows. Yes, we did a good job in overhaul with what we were trained to do. But if there was a lost connection in dealing with the person or the people in that house, then that's where the empathizing was lacking. And maybe, like I said, the bad jokes at the firehouse or the insensitive ways you dealt with each other as team members. So, you know, there was a long list of things that I saw that maybe could be done better. And when I saw that, I was saying there's a gap here. And that's how GLUE uh, personal leadership was born. And GLUE stands for growing leaders using empowerment. And that's kind of is that's the that's the the center of where where all the rest of our programs kind of flow. So when we do these scenarios, the scenarios are scenarios that we can use in just about any audience that we talk to. However, if we talk to a client or or a conference or anything, and they say we're kind of looking for this, you know, we're looking for to discuss more diversity, or we're looking to discover uh, discuss. Uh, inclusion, like at the women's conference, or or at EDI's, you know, <clears throat> the African American um, perspective of of upward mobility in the fire service, then we can tailor fit <clears throat> our scenarios and our and our delivery <clears throat> to that end. So, uh, because the principles work no matter where where you are. So we're so the some of the uh, takeaways we've had with that is people have really got into understanding that it starts with me and we always tell people that if you're looking for a leadership class so you can learn how to maneuver the other person you're doing it wrong you know start with you change you be outstanding yourself and then it gives people other people on your team and your community and your family permission to be the best they can be because we, we tend to be influenced by things whether we want to be or not a lot of times and it takes a strong mind to maybe zig when somebody else is zagging, you know. However, if you, if you embed these principles that we teach uh, through a, a model we call the Empower Model, then if you embed those principles, then that will that will be the you, you you'll be a bright spot on your team and your community. And then these are the kind of things that we've seen and heard some testimony on that people say, hey, you know, we went back, we started practicing this. 
Um, I really start working on me. I start being the best I can be. And next thing I know, it, it got contagious and the team became better. So they didn't go back and say, I changed the team because I learned the technique from you. They went back and said, I totally worked on changing me, whether it was attitude, whether it was uh, physical, whether it was mental, whether it was spiritual, or the combination of all of that. Those are the things that they went back, became the better selves, and then that's what helped affect the team. And then those people start saying, oh, when the next time these brothers speaking? And then they wanted to go too, so they could hear it from the horse's mouth. I've been watching your program for the last few years, and um, I've seen the crowd not only diversify, but grow. So the message is getting out there, and I really appreciate the fact that you focus on the personal development side, because you're right, a lot of leadership courses talk about how you can go out and impact others, and they give you the tools and resources to impact others. But if we don't start getting people to develop themselves, they're not going to become better officers. Sure. You're listening to the Fire Officer Trust with John Alston. Visit us at www.fireofficertrust.org. So in terms of developing the programs that you have for um, the presentations that you do, I know that it's scalable. What's the longest course that you've done? What's the shortest that you've done? And do you find that there's an impact either way? Is there greater impact for going longer or is there are there pieces that you can put together that you can compartmentalize and give an organization or a client exactly what they need, then come back afterwards if there's if there's a possibility to, to do sort of like a performance evaluation and review, and then have you developed additional uh, techniques as you've done this program back and forth where you get the feedback from your clients that may or may not move you into another direction? Regarding the uh, feedback, I guess first, we are always very conscious of uh, the feedback we get uh, and and anything that's a, you know, um, uh, that offers some insight on how we could make things better for the participants. We seriously evaluate and try to see how we can, you know, organically integrate uh, those things and make it the most valuable for you know everybody who's participating. The way the program is designed, um, it is very scalable. Our, our flagship you know version or what have you, or the main version is the eight-hour program, um, which is really great because it gives us you know a lot of time to engage with people and and they're able to interact with several different scenarios so they're able to see the principles applied to uh, several different situations and they're able to see how universal those principles are or the application of those principles are Uh, we then also have a four-hour version um, which is you know of course a little more concentrated and condensed than the eight-hour version but still offers a lot of um, a lot of the uh, opportunities for getting involved with the role play and um, and with some of the scenarios and the illustrations uh, and and people still leave with the same you know feeling. We try to keep that. Uh, we then also have a two-hour you know version. And if you think the four hour is condensed and concentrated, obviously the two hour is a lot more. And the people then, our job and objective there is to give you a sense of what 
the Empower model is and what the GLUE program is and to sort of uh, pique your interest in getting the eight-hour uh, program brought to your department and getting you sort of, you know, um, interested in getting your your department to go through the entire, you know, eight-hour program. Oftentimes what happens is when people go through the two-hour they are, you know, really ready to try and then go and get the four or the eight hour. And we find that the biggest problem is just people having or departments having logistical issues with regard to, you know, how they're going to do the manpower, everything to get everybody to the eight hour. But the desire uh, for getting the eight hour is there. And when they do, what's interesting, too, is we find out that the eight hour a lot of times is not enough to really quench everybody's interest, because now by the time they leave, it, we usually spend another hour or so in the room talking to participants about things that they're taking away from the course or uh, ways that they see that it can impact everything from their from their job to their marriage, you know, and all of that. And so we're having, you know, a lot of those conversations with, with people as well. But one other thing I want to say, too, just like the, the GLUE program that we're taking around now is uh, a great personal leadership program that we have. And like I said, it's scalable to... Uh, the time constraints or needs of any department or conference. Um, but one of the things we also have the ability to do is develop uh, and tailor programs that are not the GLUE program to whatever your departmental or conference needs are. So if you're saying our department has is doing pretty good with personal leadership. We have a lot of accountability. Everybody's taking ownership. But maybe we have uh, a little bit of problem with uh, you know, efficiency, or maybe we have a little bit of a problem with interpersonal communications or what have you, we're able to tailor a program that speaks to your department or your organization uh, to to illustrate the points you want illustrated, and then we're able to come and, and deliver that program to you as well. So I think that's something that's unique about LDC is that, uh, you know, a lot of people, we have this program, and that's what we have, and we hope that it can help you, and then that's it. But we're able to you know, to also do some things that will specifically help your organization to be its best. And that's what the leadership development concepts, you know, moniker is about. So. Oh, that's excellent. And as I said, I've seen your program um, in, in action and I've talked to persons who have come out of it and it definitely has an impact on them and causes them to think outside the box, but also to think internally on how to develop themselves. What do you see for the future? with the type of work that you're doing? Well, when you talk about personal leadership, and I'm not going to say it's new, I just think there's, there's more emphasis now because people understand that accountability is not out there. It's here, and it's always going to be here. It's always going to be with you, and that's a, that's a, a truism that you can't escape. I heard a pastor one time say, you know, no matter... You can't run from yourself because no matter where you go, there you are. And I, I, I internalized that. And at 53 years old, I've tried it and it doesn't work. You still, there you are. So it's a truism. So that being the case, what you might as well do is to get busy and use your energy as much as you can while you're alive is continue to till your garden and make you make yourself better. And in that vein, as firefighters, I think is even even more of our responsibility to do because when you're a firefighter, that's who you are. I mean, you know, you're you're John Austin, but you 
you're Chief John Austin. You can't run from that. And I'm Captain Larry Connolly. Although I'd love to try one day. <laughs> but, but when you are in that public uh, uh, figure, you're that public figure, and that's who you are identified with, and that's who you you know your association is with, then your margin of error is gets smaller just because you took that on. And if you don't want that type of accountability, that kind of microscope on you, then you can't be a firefighter, you can't be a chief, you can't be an officer because it comes with that. You know, you can't put anything you want on your Facebook page because you got to consider the department. You can't you can't be caught in certain settings because it looks bad for you in the department. And if it could cost you your livelihood to where it affects your family and it affects your you know roof over your head and it affects your credibility and the credibility of those you serve, then uh, personal accountability is even more prevalent these days. But a lot of people think or fooled by the fact, as my mother liked to say, it's insidious where they think that I could just kind of wing it and I'll be all right and whatever and don't realize that if you don't till that garden regularly, if you don't in constantly invest in your personal leadership regularly, if you don't put the practices in place like some of the things we practice with the Empower Model, if you don't do that on a regular basis, then it just takes one time for you to get caught in the bad situation that you probably would have avoided if you were more in tune to your personal leadership. So, uh, so with that being the case, then it's even more incumbent for first responders and, and, and firefighters, anybody who has a, a huge public service um, brand to make sure that just like we're fishing with our tools, <clears throat> just like we're fishing with technical training, just like we're fishing with all that kind of stuff, because we're here to serve the public, that same vigor needs to go into your personal leadership. Because otherwise, if you don't hone that skill or sharpen that saw, then you're just a fool with a tool. And we always say that's what's scary is having a fire ground with fools with tools, you know. So we, 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 we know that a lot of times what we do is look at it, quote unquote, soft skill. And sometimes the soft skill don't get the same flavor as maybe, you know, we're going to learn how to, you know, do this big technical uh, uh, thing. However... Uh, if, if people got to start realizing that the 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 cat is out the bag kind of now on uh, mental health, the cat is out the bag on behavioral you know uh, behavioral issues, the cat is out the bag on a lot of things, and and some of the things we even teach, we we know, and, and because we we had feedback uh, from that has helped. Uh, people think twice about things like suicide and things of that issue. So when you have a, a principle-based program, it can affect a whole lot of things that we didn't even perceive when we first started writing. I didn't think about a suicide uh, issue when I first started writing, but it has evolved to that. I didn't think about behavioral health issues when we first started writing. It evolved to that, you know, but it evolved because it started from a strong principle-based uh, uh, program in the first place. And when you talk about strong personal leadership, then that that's the root. And, and so the branches become these different um, issues that, like I said, we didn't even um, perceive. So in that vein, we know that going into the future, there's going to be even more things that we didn't perceive that we're going to be able to affect. And then we can concentrate and make uh, even better programs to help facilitate 
those conversations as well because it's been taboo for a long time to talk about hey man that, that last call really bothered me and you suck it up that's not the right answer you know so we got program we got uh, uh, examples in our program to help um, answer those questions better or help deal with that situation better uh, uh, the culture of the fire department sometimes you have a dangerous culture going on in your department and that culture needs to be changed and, and we can't wait to, uh, you know, firefighters die, somebody gets hurt or some scandal come from the public to fix it. But we're proactive about fixing in the first place. Um, we got a better chance of reducing how bad it looks on the back end. So one of our things we talk to people a lot of times, they say, well, you know, manpower and uh, the cost. You know, I don't know if we can really afford to bring you guys in to really do something like that on what we feel like a problem is not there. And our answer is always is, well, how much is it going to cost on the back end when you got to clean up after this from a public image standpoint, from uh, time loss because maybe it fired somebody, uh, uh, if somebody committed suicide, the impact it has on your department, all of these things. So when you want to have a proactive uh, personal leadership um, system to come in and help you out then we have their program and we feel like that the departments we've had that brought us in for the fire chief on down is set into the class and we feel like these are the forward thinkers uh, uh, that will that this will help continue to make their their department better and what we've seen in some of those departments is that when we walk in because Dave and I like to go in the day before and and, and kind of talk and get the, get the lay of the land. And a lot of times what we've been, been impressed with, we'll find other things that they're doing before we get there in other aspects that shows the progressive uh, nature of their department. And we're like, man, this is this impressive stuff you're doing here, Chief. And man, you're doing this and you're doing that. And yo, just, we, we've done this and studies that show it reduces this and our succession plan is this. And, uh, and we're like, wow. So we just become another Piece of, uh, piece of piece of their proactive uh, um, um, their proactive vision of how they want to continue to make their department better instead of sticking to the this is the way we've always done it if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of mentality so uh, so so we know that going forward as more people begin to understand this and we all have different learning curves and things so I'm not saying like the departments who don't bring us in there's something wrong we all have different learning curves we are ready for things at different times so when you're ready we're ready and, and we'll be ready to uh, come in and do the best we can to help continue your your march into the future and, uh, and, and how to communicate with everybody whether you talk from millennials on up to the old guys you know <laughs> there's something for everybody from our program and, and another thing we're seeing too a lot is um you know most of the departments that we're going and able to present in front of uh they have this influx of new you know millennials a, a different uh, new uh generation of you know firefighters and, and these guys you know they some of them don't know this what they're looking for but some of them knows what they're looking for they're looking to find something that helps them to be a better firefighter and to be a better leader in the future and that kind of thing and i think our program is a great opportunity to reach and inspire you know a lot of those men and women too uh who who strive to just be 
better people and better, therefore better firefighters and have better teams and what have you. And so our program is designed to do that. And he can do it for anybody with any level of experience in the fire service, of course, um, and at any age. But I, I guess I'm saying it's a great opportunity to to not have to change you know, some of the thinking that's been going on for generations. Uh, with people who've been here for those generations. <laughs> it's an opportunity to start some of the newer people off with a new way of, you know, thinking about the leadership paradigm and not where they're just striving to take a good test in order to get the badge and, and have no sense of of personal leadership or leadership at all. So it's a great opportunity to impact the fire service in that way. And I think that we are, you know, moving uh, toward doing that with, with the program. So. Excellent, gentlemen. Um, in closing, uh, is there anything that you'd like to add? Um, I know that you're all over the place. We finally got the two of you together <laughs> that uh, we can talk about this, and we're probably going to be doing some follow-up with you as well. Um, I guess in closing, I'd like to always leave our contact information so you want to make sure that I get in touch with Sure, have links on www gluenationldc.com that's on our check out our website see where we are um, we don't carry a lot of paper and stuff to our classes so we can save a tree so anything that you want to know uh, and catch up on the notes we got a portion called notes to stick um, glue facebook yeah you know, also on facebook and um, <clears throat> so between the facebook page we also do a um, radio show on Fire Engineering Blog Talk Radio, and we do that every seven weeks. And we've had Chief Austin on before, and uh, we've had uh, just a, a bunch of other people on who, who've talked um, uh, leadership and, and, and talked about ways to make the fire service better. So we always have a great time. Uh, we do that with David, myself, and my mother. And my mother is, uh, uh, she, she's been on the, she's on the fire. She's on the show, right? And she also presented um, this past year at FDIC with her um, program, her, um, her rest program called Fit to Fight, and that's just another, um, you know, cog in the wheel of our, all of our vision about just continue to feed uh, and fortify you as a person, and that makes a better person makes better firefighters. I think our motto is, you know, better people make better firefighters, better firefighters make better teams, better teams make better departments, and better departments make a better fire service. So it starts there. You know, so we got a whole lot of great new things with new fire apparatus and computer this and almost Xbox things to help uh, 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 run the run the apparatus uh, panel for fighting fire. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of neat stuff. But if we start, get out of touch with people and ourselves and, and, and things like that, then we're going to lose it. It's going to become like, you know, Terminator or Skylink Sky or whatever is going to be Sky running. Skynet is going to be running the program. So so we want to maintain uh, uh, maintain who we are as people because that's what drives uh, what's best. And that's what's the best example when you talk about millennials or whatever going into the future. Yeah, um, I'm just saying it's been an honor to be able to uh, present, you know, the program uh, you know, to what you know, just a whole nation of heroes. Um, and so I always am very hyped to go out and, and present the program. And everybody's always uh, very nice and very engaging, and we always have a great time. So I would just encourage you, uh, anybody who has the ability to 
to you know bring us or to participate in any time our class comes near you to do that you won't be sorry uh, and it, it has only proven to enhance uh, the performance of individuals and departments and and so you know anybody who's taking a class you can ask and we haven't had one person who's taken the class that's been like don't go to that class that class sucks <laughs> nobody has ever said that everybody's always very uh encouraging so uh I, like i said i would just encourage everybody to seek us out see what we're doing uh, and then you know any way we can help you we're happy to do that so and i'll echo this this is John Olson for the Fire Officer Trust Podcast, talking to David and Larry Conley, Blue uh, Nation. <laughs> Take care. Be safe out there. listening like what you heard today subscribe to the podcast and blog hashtag fire officer trust for show notes updates tips and more resources visit www.fireofficertrust.org don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you never miss a show the fire officer trust a place for fire officers and those who aspire to be